You are now listening to the Nick's State of Mind podcast, presented by Elite Sports Radio. And now, your hosts, Chip Murphy and Matt Castillo. Hello everybody, I'm Matt Castillo with Chip Murphy, and we want to welcome you to another edition of the Nick's State of Mind podcast. And I just want to take a moment to thank the fans that have followed us on our Twitter. Again, that's uh, MYKSOM Podcast. And we want to thank you guys for their participation, whether if it was in our polls or our questions. But we want to continue to encourage our fans to, to join in on that. Anytime that you see a, a question being asked, it's your chance to be heard. We want you guys to send your feedback, and then it could actually be featured right here on the show. So just wanted to take a quick moment to encourage the fans to keep doing that and again we thank you for the support um but chip we're going to jump right into it today where we're going to talk about the new york knicks new general manager scott perry and chip i'm going to ask you what do you think about this signing do you like scott perry i do like scott perry uh he was introduced he had that nice press conference today Mm -hmm. uh with steve mills and jeff warnicek and for uh, for a Knicks press conference, it was pretty pretty nice. I mean, it, it was uh, straightforward, like uh, just a typical regular NBA press conference. You know, they all read statements and they answered the questions. And uh, Scott Perry is the kind of guy that the Knicks should have hired to be in charge. Um, obviously, I'd prefer him to be in charge to Mills. Uh, he's best known as the guy who was working with Joe Dumars mm-hmm. during those uh, Detroit Pistons teams when they won the championship in '04, and uh, he was—I uh, guess he got a little bit of heat. He was with uh, Orlando recently when uh, they didn't do so well, but uh, he uh, went to Sacramento recently and was there for like the last few months and helped them turn things around with the draft and helped them bring in, like, George Hill and Zach Randolph and stuff. So I I like him. I like the idea of a guy who, you know, he was a part of that 4 Pistons championship team, so I like the idea of a guy who's won a title as an executive being around. Um, I don't know. I like – yeah, I definitely like the hire. Uh, I Like I said, I would prefer if he were in charge. Uh, he said all the right things today. He talked about a, uh, a young team and wanting uh, to develop the young players. Uh, he mentioned uh, KP, Billy, Frank, and Tim Hardaway Jr. Uh, so, yeah, I, I like to hire. What do you think? Well, like what you kind of piggybacking off of what you said, it, it was a nice press conference. It wasn't, it was not Phil Jackson like. So that's already a positive right no, there. Well, no shots were thrown at anybody, secret messages, nothing like yeah. that. So that was a, a nice thing to actually just witness a, a smooth press conference, as you mentioned. And, you know, look, the guy has. Had a, has great experience in this league. Um, you know, as you mentioned, working with the Detroit Pistons 
those, those teams were outstandingly put together. I mean, if you listeners obviously have to remember the 2004 NBA champions, the Detroit Pistons, and how uh, dominant they were defensively. A tough physical team, and that's something that he talked about on the uh, the press conference today. Really wanting the New York Knicks to become more uh, of a defensive image, and that's exciting for fans for to hear because the biggest issue is defense. And to bring in that kind of philosophy, it's going to take some time. But, you know, if you can kind of model after what that Pistons team did, if, if it can look like that in the future, that's that's outstanding. And then another thing that he doesn't get a lot of credit for is that he was a part of the uh, front office of OKC, or at the time they were still the Seattle Supersonics, when they drafted Kevin Durant. And up until he left to go to Golden State, Things worked out pretty well bringing in Kevin Durant, and, and I think he was only there for that season that, that they um, drafted Kevin Durant. So he wasn't there yeah, after. he was only with Seattle for the one year. Yeah, yeah. So he wasn't with the group that eventually brought in Westbrook and everybody else. Um, you mentioned as well that he was with Orlando. And, and look, Orlando is still one of the struggling teams, but – he helped draft some pieces, at least. I mean, Aaron Gordon and, and Alfred Payton; those those guys are a, a part, a, a big part of their future going forward. Uh, Victor Oladipo, who kind of never really exploded like many people thought, and obviously they traded him and all that. Um, so, you know, look, I I, I would have preferred somebody like David Griffin, and I was actually a little shocked yeah. that Knicks even hired somebody this quickly because after that david griffin withdrew his name you know, me and you chip we talked about it last week that it seems like steve mills is going to be the guy going forward and um when they when they announced scott perry was was hired i was a little shocked that this quickly they, they brought somebody in and but overall i like it i like you heard a lot of the things today at the press conference, uh, again, with the defensive pre- preference and also talking about the young player. And sometimes that, that can be a little concerning because, you know, young players, they, they, they can take a little bit to develop. But that's what's necessary. The Knicks need to get younger. And eventually, hopefully, that some of these young talents can to can um, you know progress into NBA top players. And that, that's what the Knicks need to be focused on getting younger building through the draft and and I like his philosophy now Chip I'm going to ask you a lot of people believe that Scott Perry truly doesn't have he's kind of handcuffed with Steve Mills there do you see it as a situation that it's still really Steve Mills who has more power than Scott Perry like the well Steve Mills does have more power yeah does he I mean he said in the press conference today that he was going to allow Scott Broom to work within basketball decisions you know he was going to allow Scott to bring in recommendations and it sounded like they were going to be able to work together but ultimately and who knows you know I Steve Mills has never he was president of basketball operations but for a very short time mm-hmm. um uh, who knows only time is going to tell how their relationship really turns out. And, you know, uh, uh, ideally, 
Uh, like I said, you would prefer if a guy like Perry was in charge. Mm-hmm. But ultimately, no matter what Perry says, Steve Mills has final say on what happens. So, I mean, yeah, I like you said, yeah, your question, the answer to your question is Perry, I don't want to sound negative because I'm happy about the Perry signing and I'm happy about what he said, but he is a little, always going to be a little handcuffed because he can always be overruled by Steve Mills. And that's what some of the reports are even saying that uh, Perry is kind of the scapegoat. That's what it's set up to be. Would you would you think that's fair to say or, or not really? That's just taking it a little too far. Well, Steve Mills is never going to be fired. Yeah. So, you know, he might get demoted from president at some point, but he's never going to be fired. And Perry could be fired. So, yes. Uh, he's a, Steve Mills is James Stone's guy. Uh, Jeff Hornacek, I could see Jeff Hornacek getting fired at the end of this season. Okay. Yeah, Perry won't. But, yeah, that's that's a good way to put it. Scapegoat's a good way to put it. Um, like I said, I don't want to seem pessimistic because it is the – and that's saying something for me because, as you know, I like to – I am a pessimist about the Knicks. Mm-hmm. Uh, but um, – Can't help but do it sometimes. He, uh, yeah, yeah, both of us. But, um, yeah, he's definitely the one who, if, say, they're – for the next two years or the next three years, use three years because that's how long Phil got – they miss the playoffs again for the next three years. It's not Steve Mills that's going to be the one who gets fired. Mm-hmm. We know that. And, and it's interesting that you mentioned Jeff Hornacek because that was another thing that was touched at the press conference uh, today that it was said that Jeff Hornacek would get complete control of the offense that he wants to run and mm-hmm. you know basically get to run the team the way that he wants that he wasn't able to do when Phil Jackson was there and I'm curious Chip what do you think about that what do you, do you like that Hornacek now would be able to put his own philosophy in there without somebody telling him no you're going to do this like i said Phil Jackson getting fired was the best thing that could have happened for Jeff Hornacek i mean it finally frees him up to let him do what he wants to do with this team. You know, he had to pretend like he was okay with running the triangle for all of last season, and you watched him answer those questions uncomfortably, mm-hmm. and you felt bad. So it was it's great that he, you know, he was answering questions today about uh, defense, too. Of course, he said they wanted to be a defense-first team. They were so bad on defense last year. But... Uh, Yes, this year I think it's important that they run more pick and roll and run the offense that Jeff wants them to run. Uh, and I thought it was interesting that uh, Jeff talked about, to hear Jeff talk about Frank and say that Frank could run any kind of offense. I guess that's kind of something he needs to say. Mm-hmm. But, uh, yeah, I I don't know. I because we hear all the stuff about how Frank is a triangle point guard, but I thought it was good to hear Jeff say that. And it's Jeff Hornacek, to me, I, I think it's great that he's getting a chance to now fully bring his own philosophy and, and put it on his team. And I like that. There's not, okay, do I can I run this? And then always having to look over your shoulder with Phil Jackson saying, no, you got to do it this way. And you, you said that you possibly can see uh, Jeff Hornacek fired at the end of this year. 
And with him having this freedom, yeah. yeah, with him having this freedom to run the team the way he wants, obviously, if it's something that doesn't work out and they're struggling, a lot of the blame now will be placed on him. So I do agree with you that it, it's, it could be a possibility that Hornacek is fired at the end of the year because he's well, he this has is how I, This is how I – oh, sorry, buddy. You go ahead. Oh, uh, this is how I look at it, Matt. When a new GM – and I know, like, it's a weird situation, right, because Mills is in charge, but Perry is a new GM. But Mm -hmm. when a new GM takes over, they want to bring in their own guy. Mm -hmm. And I know Perry, like, today he said all the right things that I would like to want to check, but he's wanted to be a GM for a long time, so hasn't he probably thought about who he would want to coach his team for a long time? And he just met Jeff Hornacek like two weeks ago. Yep. So he's probably had a different guy in mind for a long time about who he wants to coach this team. And if the Knicks win 30 games again next year, I mean, Jeff's head is going to be on the chopping block for sure. Yep. And I think me personally would not like to see him fired next year because if he's actually getting a real chance to run the team that he, the way that he wants – then sometimes that, that can take some time. Um, I would like mm-hmm. to see him get two years to see where it goes. I, 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 but, you know, like you're making great points that Scott Perry's not the one that brought Jeff Hornacek in. They have their own kind of agenda yeah. when they take over jobs like this. So it is a very possibility. But I would like Hornacek to get two years to really see if his system, his philosophies, are they working um, if they win 30 games and let's just say you know, they're playing well, they're just lack the talent because let's face it, the Knicks are not a loaded team right now. Um, perhaps that can save his job if the team is playing hard and, and still competitive. Um, but if not, if it's just a total train wreck, if it's kind of like last year, how they kind of just dropped off and it just never – changed nothing ever got them yeah, that's back my up. point like they're gonna suck mm-hmm. they're gonna yeah. suck and miss the playoffs <laughs> yeah but if they play lazy again like they did last year mm-hmm. they're gonna get they're gonna get killed on the radio and in the press and that's the thing that could get them fired yeah because that's on the that's on the coach yeah and if it's like a and i i don't think we know i don't think we know how good a coach jeff hornichek really is yeah because he wasn't even really coaching the team last year, was mm-hmm. he? Like like you said earlier, he didn't get a chance to be in charge last year. So this is the first year we're going to find out how good of a coach Jeff Hornacek is of the Knicks. Yeah. And again, this is going back to something else that we talked about really just with Hornacek over the years. Even in Phoenix, he never really had a true shot. So he's one of those guys that you, you believe can be a good coach. It just never really has worked out for him where he's got to do things the way that he wants. Now, according to what Scott Perry and the rest of them said in the press conference, he's going to be the guy running the show or or at least putting uh, his system into place. And I'm sure Jeff Hornacek is excited about that. But again, like we're we're talking about, it's a possibility that that's how the blame is going to fall on him and he can be out by the year's end. And we're going to wrap up this segment, but when we come back, we're going to talk about the other twist and turn that the Carmelo Anthony drama 
has now the, the new chapter or the new I, I I mean I don't even know what to call it at this point. It's just so many flips and turns with Carmelo Anthony, and we're going to discuss the latest with him in just a moment. Hi, everybody. This is Chip Murphy, co-host of the Knicks State of Mind podcast and boss of all New York Knicks content at EliteSportsNY.com. To follow my work, you can find me on Twitter at at Chipper Murphy. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Knicks State of Mind podcast. And where we're going right now is with the latest twists and turns and the drama that surrounds Carmelo Anthony. I mean, last week, even a week before that, all we heard was that the Carmelo Anthony and the Houston Rockets are so close to a trade. At one point, somebody said that they were at the two-yard line, and then next thing you know, they're, they're shutting down their trade talks. So it's something that's just completely unpredictable. But now the reports are stating that Scott Perry wants to talk to Carmelo Anthony, wants to try to convince him that to stay in New York. So, Chip, I, I, I don't understand at this point, as we mentioned several times on the show, that the best thing to do is to part ways with Carmelo Anthony. But let's just let's play if we're Carmelo Anthony. If you're going into this meeting with Scott Perry, and I, I believe Steve Mills will definitely be there, probably Dolan maybe. Um, if you're Carmelo Anthony – what what why would you want to stay at this point? I mean, do you have any reasons that you would think is, is the right reason for Camille Anthony stay in New York? Well, I posed that question on Twitter and I got one response. That was the consensus, and that was his family. Because mm. you know, it's he's separated from Lala right now. Yeah. And with all the rumors going around, it doesn't seem like if those rumors are true, it doesn't seem like they're gonna be getting back together. So, and Lala, I think, went on a talk show and said that his prior, Melo's priority would be staying close to his son. Mm-hmm. So, uh, I mean, the only thing I can think of would be his son, would be staying in New York would be his son. Um, I mean, obviously, we know he loves the Knicks, but I mean, he loves New York. But, uh, I mean, I think that the allure of New York had to have been destroyed for him last year after the way he was treated by the franchise. Yeah. So the only thing I can think of is the fact that his family is in New York and with him and his wife being separated, if he's traded to, I mean, hypothetically Houston is the favorite. Would his, him and his wife move to Houston with him? I doubt it with them being separated right now. The first thing I'll be thinking is if I was Carmelo Anthony, I'd be thinking of that Tim Hardaway Jr. You want me to stay, you want to be competitive, but you gave a guy $71 million. You know, we have no cap space. We, we, we're we just in a bad position right now. So I think it, family would be the only reason that he, he stays. Um, you know, obviously, a few years ago, he was staying in New York because he would have to pass up tons of money. That's not the case now. He'll get his money if he gets traded. So money is not an influence of staying in New York. It it definitely revolves around his family. And if Carmelo Anthony wants to be traded, Chip, this is kind of what we were talking about just moments ago. I think 
you know, him limiting to two teams. The reports are basically saying that he wants to either be traded to Houston or Cleveland. If he really truly wants to be traded, I think he has to expand destinations um, because you're really handcuffing yourself uh, uh, getting a deal. If you want a New York that bad, you have to open up or, or be open up more to going to uh, different teams. And I'll mention Portland, which we're going to talk about in the last segment, but a team like that, perhaps uh, and I get why, obviously those two teams would be on top of his list. I mean, Houston is building a squad out in Houston to compete for a championship and Cleveland obviously has LeBron James, Kyrie Irving, uh, Kevin Love. So those are outstanding chances right away to get a championship. Actually, if you join them, you're, you're increasing the chances even more for one of those teams to get to the championship and, and perhaps even win it. Um, now, there's other teams, a team like Portland, that if he goes to, I don't necessarily say that they are a championship favorite right away, um, or maybe not right away, but meaning that they're not just mellow adding to another to that team doesn't make them the favorite to win the championship is what I'm trying to say. So right. at this point, yeah, the Knicks are trying to convince him to stay. I, I just don't see the point. I don't agree with the idea of buying him out. That's something else me and you, Chip, just talked about. Um, if we're going to get rid of Melo, we might as well try to get something out of him. But I, I think it's useless at this point. Uh, a few years ago, he wanted to be in New York. He wanted to try to win. But with everything that has gone on over the last year or so, I, to me, I, you know, Kamal Anthony didn't say things like there's reports that we're still seeing that he, he wants to continue to push to be traded. A few years ago, he was, his comments were, I just want to be in New York. You know, I want to be here. Now it's, yeah. I, I still want to be traded. Can you blame the guy? No, because it's been terrible. He, he The way he was treated with uh, Phil Jackson, it's just been a turnoff. And I don't think necessarily that it's something that should even be bothered with at this point. They should just continue to try to push a, a trade to be done because I'm sure, you know, what, what do you have to offer him? I don't, I don't see the Knicks convincing him to change his mind. I, I, I seriously just see him continuing the push for a trade, and perhaps even somebody like Steve Mills sees that because if in the press conference today he said, talking about his his youth, though he says if Carmelo Anthony's with us, we'll continue to develop our young players. If he isn't with us, we will continue to develop our young players. So to me, that yeah, kind of sounds like that. I don't expect yeah. him to come to back. To me, that said, pretty much ready to move on either way. Exactly. Right? Yeah, and if. You don't make that comment, you know, perhaps it makes it seem like you want him back and you're going to do whatever it takes to get that relationship right and keep him happy in New York. To me, that that's not saying that right there. It's, look, if we have him, cool. We're still going to go do our business. If we don't have him, we'll continue to develop our young players. I think somebody like Steve Mills at this point would push for the trade and somebody like Scott Perry, you know, recognizes Carmelo Anthony is still an outstanding scorer and can do and keep your team competitive and 
um, you know, it put fans in the seats as well. But I, I think seeing that kind of comment right there to me makes it seem that there's no way that Carmelo Anthony is going to agree to kind of stay with the Knicks. He's going to continue to push for a trade. Um, and Chip, if Scott Perry is coming in trying to fix this relationship with Carmelo Anthony, do you, I mean, do you really see somebody who has no kind of ties with the organization the last few years, everything that has been going on, do you think he can be somebody that can perhaps convince Carmelo Anthony to stay? Because I, I just don't see it. I don't think Scott Perry is going to be well, able to do that. If anyone can fix the relationship, it can be a new voice. Because the people that are, have been there for the last three years are the ones that have destroyed the relationship with Carmelo. So if anyone can fix it, it's going to be someone who just got there. But, you know, at the end of the day, as we spoke about earlier, he answers to, he answers to Steve Mills, and Carmelo knows that just as well as we all know that. And Steve Mills is just in charge and is still in charge, and Carmelo and his people know that Steve Mills sat next to Phil Jackson for the last three years while Phil Jackson uh, mocked Carmelo on social media and through the media through his uh, media clowns like Charlie Rosen and that and that other guy from Bleacher Report who wrote that scathing article that uh, Phil tweeted about. Mm-hmm. You know, Steve Mills was right there next to Phil Jackson watching all of that happen. Mills not going to forget about that, and nor should he. So I, it's going to take more than one meeting, I think, for yeah. Mello to be like, oh, yeah, you know, all is forgiven. The last three years are forgiven. Yeah, I, especially how horrendous this last year was. So now I, if it, like I said, if anyone has a chance, it's Perry, a new voice. But like ultimately, he's not, and I don't mean this as an insult. I, I mean this as fact. He's not the boss. So mm-hmm. and the boss is someone who Melo has history with, and it's a not so good history mm-hmm. uh, as of late. And that's what it's going to come down to. And another thing I want to ask you is, at this point, we talked about free agency, not much going on by the Knicks, but is there anything that they can do that you think could perhaps persuade Melo a little bit more to change his mind about being traded? I I don't see the Knicks winning a championship. I know you, you believe that as well, but something to keep them competitive and something to continue to build on that way. Is there anything the Knicks can do right now to better position themselves to convince Carmelo Anthony to stay? Uh, well, no, because they've already uh, announced that they're going to be basically, well, they haven't said they're going to tank. Mm-hmm. They can't say that, but they've already, without saying it, they've said, they've admitted that they're not going to be very good yeah. next year by saying we're going to develop Saying that we're going to develop our young players next year is pretty much saying we're not going to be good next year. Yeah, um, you don't develop your young players in the same season that you go and like you're a top four seed in the playoffs. Mm-hmm. And Carmelo probably isn't looking forward to winning thirty games again next year. Yeah. So yeah, I like you know I I don't know if you saw the trade rumors for Eric Bledsoe from the Phoenix Suns. Yes, I've heard of that. That's that's the yeah that's the best player 
I've seen the Knicks link to this summer, but I also saw that it was more likely that the Knicks would end up with Brandon Knight for mm-hmm. the Suns, who isn't nearly as good as Bledsoe. No. And I don't know who in the world the Knicks could trade that would net them Bledsoe except for Carmelo Anthony. Yeah. So, um, yeah. Uh, yeah, I really don't see competitively basketball-wise, I don't see what the Knicks could do to make Carmelo commit to the future. Like I said, it was... I think the only reason he would decide to stay would be if he said, I I don't want to leave my son. I don't want to leave my family. It it would have to be non-basketball related. Yeah, and like you mentioned with the young players, if they're talking about getting younger and developing younger, that's typically a sign right there. And I don't think we're telling any of the fans anything they don't know. But that's typically a sign that you're, you're looking to rebuild. And you don't necessarily get younger and better, you know, by winning. Is that you, you usually are going to have those years where you're constantly in the lottery and getting players, the top players of the draft for each draft class. So this is, the, I agree with you. There's really nothing that the Knicks could do. I, I know things like if they were able to work out a deal with somebody like Rajon Rondo. I think that could have made it a little bit more appealing to stay, you know, because we mentioned that the East is so weak right now. You know, all the teams are loading up in the West that uh, it opens the door for these teams in the East to at least get to the playoffs. Uh, and, you know, look, nobody's going to really compete with the Celtics or, or the Cavaliers yeah, right now. The Bulls, yeah. Yeah. Bulls aren't going back to the playoffs next year. No. They traded Jimmy Butler. So there's so the many East teams. is going to be horrendous next year. You know, yeah. But I don't think Rondo was ever. I don't think Rondo was ever serious about the Knicks. Yeah, I mean, we mentioned that last week. Those kind of moves, though, is well, what I'm signed. saying. Rondo signed. Yeah, he signed with the Pelicans. Yeah, right. Yeah, he signed with the Pelicans, which doesn't shock me because his highest assist totals were with Boogie, and with the Kings. And he loves, and Rondo loves putting up those high assist numbers. Yeah, he, he loves those. So that that's the that was the kind of player right there that I and I, I did say it at the end of the podcast last week that if they brought in somebody like Rondo, I think they could be competitive because the East is so weak and make the playoffs. I think that would be a little bit more appealing to Camille Anthony to want to stay for basketball reasons, not just the family thing, because you get to the playoffs, you never know, you're there. It can things happen. You know, you, you might get lucky. Uh, you know, you might have to face Cleveland and LeBron James can, you know, break his ankle or something. You, you don't know. So, well, yeah, that. I mean, the point, though, is if you were able to bring in players like that, you know, Rondo to a one-year deal, perhaps that makes it more interesting. But there's nobody you're going to bring in that's left. Nobody's going to excite uh, Carmelo Anthony that, oh, I want to work with this guy anymore so to me this just kind of reminds me of the whole process way back before Camelo Anthony was traded to the Knicks Chip you definitely have to remember how chaos those trade rumors were when he was still with Denver um, it just seems like each week yeah. a new twist and turn kind of came in so this is something that just doesn't leave him he constantly has this such a difficult transition or, or transaction to make is what I'm what I meant to say 
Um, you know, but it reminds me so much of that. I remember that there were reports that he was being traded to Brooklyn or New Jersey. I can't even remember if they were in Brooklyn yet. Um, yeah, New Jer- they were in New Jersey at the time. Yeah, there were reports that he told he told Denver that uh, he wanted to go to the Knicks. You know, he was holding Denver hostage, like yeah. he refused to sign an extension that they offered him. And uh, he essentially he did what Paul George did. Mm-hmm. He uh, he told them that uh, he wasn't going to come back, and uh, basically forced their hand. But I mean, I don't know. The Knicks just made that horrible trade where they traded their entire team for him. Yeah, when they could have gotten him in the off season. But <laughs> yeah. yeah, I mean, which Mello, 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 and his people. What people say is they forced that trade they like really engineered that because they were worried with the new cba coming that summer that Mello would they were worried about like him negotiating a contract that summer but yeah uh yeah the next ah, god I, I don't even like thinking about that trade they gave us so much of that trade <laughs> yeah and as we mentioned last week it was actually a better trade for denver because they have a winning record or, or a better record than the Knicks, more playoffs appearances, I'm pretty sure. Um, so it, it was a trade that really worked out well for Denver, but it, it's the process that this current trade rumors are taking is so similar. You know, like you mentioned, he wanted to go just to New York and basically did not want to go to like the Nets. And that's kind of the same thing being seen here. He wants to go to either Houston or Cleveland. And it just makes it so yeah. difficult. And it makes it even more difficult to trade him than obviously back in 2011 because he was much younger. You know, he's getting older. And he's, better. He, yeah. yeah. He's better. losing yeah. <laughs> He's losing athleticism. Uh, he's, he's becoming basically a catch-and-shoot player. And this is just something that – Try like, telling him that. Try telling him that. Well, yeah, I mean, you see his his Instagram videos of him working out at midnight. You know, he in his mind he he's ready to uh, still be an MVP caliber type player, and I, I mean, perhaps he can still be, but it's just not going to be with the Knicks. Um, and look, I think if a trade is eventually well, going to be in Houston, it's not going to be in Houston either. He's number three in Houston. Yeah, that's true, but I mean, he'll still get his shots. I. I it's going to be, to me, if Carmelo Anthony is traded to one of those teams, it's going to feel like the Olympics. I mean, his numbers are always solid, even with Team USA. His numbers are always solid because, I mean, all these other guys draw so much attention, it just leaves them open, and you don't want to leave Carmelo Anthony open. He he can just shoot the basketball so gifted at doing that. It's just one of those things that, look, if the Knicks are going to make this deal, it's not going to be a deal that, and we talked about last week, what the Knicks should be looking to get it to trade Camelo Anthony. But at some point, I think they're just going to trade him and get something. That's, you know, and another possible team, which we're going to wrap up this segment and talk about more, is Portland. Um, so when we come back, we're going to talk about Portland really trying to push Camelo Anthony to get him to accept the trade there. And we'll get into that in just a moment when we come back. Hello, everybody. Mac is still the co-host of the Knicks State of Mind podcast and contributor to Elite Sports New York. 
You can follow me at Twitter at MattyDiesel15 to get my latest articles, videos, and podcasts. Make sure to follow Elite Sports New York's Twitter as well at Elite Sports NY and the rest of Elite Sports New York's social media pages to stay up to date to all the New York sport news. Hey everybody and welcome back to the Knicks State of Mind podcast. So our final segment, we're going to talk about now the, the latest team that's really trying to push for Carmelo Anthony to consider them the Portland Trailblazers. Uh, we hinted around to them a few times in the show already, but uh, they're, they're reportedly saying they want Carmelo Anthony to consider them. I even saw, it was either on Twitter or Instagram, that C.J. McCollum posted a picture of Carmelo Anthony wearing a Portland jersey, uh, basically the same thing that you saw from, I believe, Nene in Houston, right, with the picture of Carmelo in a Houston yeah, uniform. Nene. He played with Melo. Um, yeah, Denver. yeah, and so basically, that you know, you know how Portland stands with you know their players like uh, C.J. McCollum. They really want Carmelo Anthony. And Chip, do you think that if you're Carmelo Anthony, is Portland a destination that you would consider going to? Well, they were talking about this on ESPN today. And basketball, like you mentioned earlier, uh, Melo expanding his options. Portland's a good example of that. Uh, Basketball-wise, Portland really makes sense for him. Mm -hmm. Because, look, what do we always talk about with Melo? All the Melo fans, they're always like, oh, he's never, he hasn't played with a good point guard since Chauncey Billis. Damian Lillard's one of the best point guards in the NBA. Yep. Now, he's not Chris Paul, he's not James Harden, but if if a deal to Houston really can't get done, then, I mean, Cleveland, uh, Kyrie would be great, but the Knicks don't want Kevin Love, uh, and I don't blame them, with those busted knees, and they're not trying to take on any more long-term salary for a guy. He's not a young guy that you're going to develop. He's already in his prime, and he's Mm -hmm. not a superstar. So why would you take that on? So uh, I, you're not going to find a better spot basketball-wise other than Cleveland or Houston. And if it's about – look, uh, it's a great city. Everybody talks about how great Portland is. But like uh, we were talking about earlier, uh, Mello, the knock on him is always about how – it's all about his brand and the money and the market. Well, if, if it's really about, I'm not saying uh, Portland's going to be like a title contender and compete with the Warriors if they add Carmelo. Mm-hmm. But if it's really about winning and he can't get a deal to the Rockets done, I, I could see Portland as a team that wins 50 games next year if they add him. Mm-hmm. You know, they're going to put up a lot of points. Their defense might not necessarily do anything special. They could be horrendous, actually, <laughs> because those two guys can't guard, those two guards. But, uh, yeah, I I think it's definitely worth a shot for Portland. And for the Knicks, uh, they're going to get a better pick, I think, from Portland, because I think if Portland gets mellow, they'll win like somewhere in the 50s. And I think if Houston gets mellow, they could win 60. Uh, so I think Portland, maybe you get like a, you could get lucky and get like an early 20s, mid 20s pick. And Houston, you could get like a late 20s pick. 
So I think for the Knicks, it makes sense to go with Portland, especially because with Portland, you could get some good young assets too. So for the Knicks, Portland is definitely a better fit. Now, Melo would obviously prefer Houston, but yeah, I don't know. What do you, what do you think about Portland? Well, obviously, like you just said, Houston or, or Cleveland would be, obviously, he's already said, would be his main choices. Why? Because if he goes there, the chances of him winning a championship are, are pretty great, especially somebody like Houston right now. Uh, if Carmelo Anthony is added, can they compete with Golden State? I'm not going to say absolutely 100% they, they take over the West, but... They have a pretty good chance to. They have a pretty good chance even right now. I still think Golden State is better. And even if they were adding Carmelo Anthony, I still think they're slightly better. But I think if a deal to Cleveland or Houston doesn't work out, I agree everything that you said. Portland should be considered. And, again, he should be expanding his team choices if he wants to get out of New York. And Portland is a team that can be very competitive with him being added, and perhaps they can even start adding more. It might not be a championship team this year, but they'll they'll be one of the top teams in the West, and then you continue to build from there. You find ways to build and add more talent, and perhaps maybe in a year or two, maybe, you know, and it questions, is Carmelo Anthony still going to be playing at a high level in a year or two? Only time will tell. But... Perhaps then you position yourself better to win a championship uh, soon in Portland. Because, look, you have Houston right now that's making all these moves. I don't think their window to win a championship is exceptionally large. I think they're renting these players basically like Chris Paul. You know, I don't think he's going to be in Houston that long, perhaps. Um, they're, they're guaranteed well, money. He's, he could leave. He could, hypothetically, he could leave. He's only on a one-year deal. Yeah. He could leave at the end of the year. Yeah, so... And he's a small... He's 32 years old, and small point guards break down fast. Mm -hmm. When they break down... You know, he might not break down, like, soon, but when he does break down, it'll be... I mean, you remember Steve Nash when he went to the Lakers. When When small point guards break down, they break down overnight. Yeah. So, and he's already had injury problems. No, he only played 61 games last year. I mean, it's, uh, yeah, I, when, small pro, when small point guards break down, they break down fast, and he just turned 32. So, yeah, you're right. They're champion, especially, they trade for Carmelo. They got two guys in their 30s. That'll be the main guy. And then James Harden, I think, is 20, 28, or about to turn 28. Yeah, August 26th is his birthday, so... I mean, yeah, but with those two guys, their championship window, not very large. You're correct. And, and the, the same thing could be said even with Cleveland because, look, I, I honestly believe oh, that LeBron James is leaving. Small, yeah, that after next year, I don't see LeBron James in a Cleveland uniform. So, me to neither. me, the likeliest team for Kamel Anthony to get traded out of those two is probably Houston. But, again, the window of opportunity may not be there that long. So Portland, I think he should absolutely consider, as you mentioned, playing with somebody like Damian Lillard, who I think sometimes gets overshadowed a little bit. And I I know he's recognized as a great point guard, but even things like him 
not being added to an all-star team. This guy is an NBA all-star caliber player. He is capable of just exploding uh, points on the scoreboard in, in a matter of seconds. He can put up big numbers and get hot. And the same thing can be said with C.J. McCollum. The question, like you said, defense. But perhaps those are the kind of players that they can add in to make them better there. Um, another guy that was really a steal for Portland was uh, Nurkic when he got traded from Denver and he took yeah. off once he got with Portland. I mean, really looked like a, one of the top uh, big men in the game for a little bit. I know he got hurt, but the point is he's still there. And I'm expecting him to kind of keep that that production going. So that's another piece that he can come in and work with. And look, you know, like I said, you, you want out of New York – and let's say Houston and Cleveland is not going to work out. It's just it, – it, it's too much. It's too complicated of a deal. Last time I checked, I think Portland is a much better team than the Knicks. Absolutely, Camilla Anthony should be considering them. And I, I'm kind of curious, Chip, though, if a deal was to be reached between Portland and the Knicks and Carmelo Anthony was interested in going to Portland – what kind of deal do you think can be worked out in order to, to complete that trade? Obviously, a first-round pick would need to be taken back. Mm-hmm. You don't want to have what happened to the Pacers happen to you where you just you look like idiots. But these are the two, the two guys that, if I'm the Knicks, like I mentioned earlier, the young assets, the two guys that, if I'm the Knicks, I want back are uh, Mo Harkless, who uh, Maurice Harkless is, Mm-hmm. Uh, nicknames Mo, but he played at St. John's. Uh, he's 24 years old. He's a wing. He signed for the next three years uh, at about $10 million a year. You know, he's on a four-year, $40 million deal. It's a great contract. He's coming off the best year of his career. He was just a full-time starter for the first time in his career. At average 10 points a game, shot 50% from the field. Uh, career high, 35% from three-point range on two-and-a-half attempts a game. So he was putting them up. Um, yeah, uh, uh, 4.4 rebounds per game. He uh, had one of the – he had the best season of his career. He's definitely a guy they need to put in there. And uh, Noah Vonley mm-hmm. needs to be in there too, former top-ten pick, uh, uh, drafted by uh, the Hornets. Yep. But uh, with uh, Portland now, obviously, he's uh, – 21 now, turns 22 in August, but he was drafted in 2014, and uh, Charlotte traded him after his rookie year. I guess they gave up on him pretty quick, but uh, for uh, Nicholas Batum, mm-hmm. I don't know if you remember that trade. But. Yes, yeah. <clears throat> yeah. Um, yeah, I just think Bonley has a lot of potential to be, uh, to be a good, like, uh, shooter for a big man. Like, he made, like, I think I read like 44% of his mid-range attempts this past year. It was only like 50 attempts, but he made like 45 or 44% of them, and he only made like 32% of them uh, last year. So he really improved as a shooter this year. I think he has the potential to be an excellent player. You know, he if he just gets if he just gets some minutes. Mm-hmm. You know, he's only averaged 15 minutes a game through his career. Yeah. Uh, and with the Knicks, he'd have an opportunity to finally get on the floor. You know, this, yep. 
this past season, he averaged 11 rebounds for 36 minutes. So when he was on the floor, he was rebounding. Mm-hmm. Um, he, uh, he averaged uh, uh, 3.7 offensive rebounds per game. The Knicks could use that. I mean, they could use a guy who can rebound. We saw that last year. Um, those are two guys who need to be in the trade. Unfortunately, because Portland has so many bad contracts, you know, they had the highest payroll in the NBA last year. So wow. the Knicks would probably be forced to take back one of those. Um, I think, I, I don't know if Alfarika Minu is that bad, but the Knicks would probably prefer not to take him back. Mm-hmm. He signed for uh, two more years at $7 million a year. And it's not the kind of deal the Knicks would want to take back, but he is only 27, I think, uh, 26 actually. But it's not the kind of deal the Knicks would want to take back. He's he's a defender, I guess, but um, another wing. Uh, they did just signed Hardaway, so adding Harkless to not ideal. But if I'm Portland, I would probably want the Knicks to take on, you know, Evan Turner signed that horrible contract. He's got like three years, I, I $17 million a year on that deal left. They probably want the Knicks to take that. There's no way the Knicks are going to take that. Mm-hmm. Uh, Alan Crabb has three years, almost $20 million a year left on that. The Knicks aren't going to take that. So it's going to be, if they're going to negotiate with Portland, it's going to be a long dance on that. But I mentioned Harkless and Vonley. Those are the two guys the Knicks need to get back in a mellow trade. My my guys that I would want for Camelo Anthony is it's probably more of a bias kind of viewpoint. I'll admit that. Um, okay. Uh, it just would make me feel better. I definitely think Harkless okay. would be a, a piece. Obviously, I want a first-round pick. I mean, I might be asking for a whole lot right here, and I think Portland would shoot me down if I offered them this trade, but – you know, I would at least you know shoot and hope for the best. Um, but I think Harkless definitely the piece the Knicks would probably get back. Um, Vonley, I hear what you're saying, but they can keep him. Give me Caleb Swanigan. I'm, t- I, I'm going back to our, our draft analysis that that we did right before the draft. I'm very high on Caleb Swanigan. He's someone that I, I compared to. Um, the Draymond Green of this draft, somebody that I said, because a lot of projections on him that he was going to fall to the second round, and I said there's no way that he should fall to the second round because he is a really solid player. And I I compare him to a Draymond Green type. Um, Not saying that he Draymond Green is obviously better than Caleb Swanigan, but I'm just saying in the terms of being overlooked in the production that he can bring. So I think you give me Harkless, you give me Swanigan, and I also want that first-round pick. I think that's a little too hefty, but that's where I would begin. I would try to find a way to get Swanigan in the deal. Um, perhaps maybe if they were looking to cut some of their their big contracts or bad contracts, if you're going to offer somebody like Turner to me, which Turner – before his injury last year was actually giving them solid production. But like you said, I don't think the Knicks want to take on that contract and give them that much money. But if they're looking to dump that on us, then that's when I start pushing for somebody like Swanigan with another first-round pick. 
But I, I do I do acknowledge that that's more of a, a bias viewpoint because that's going to be really tough to get Swannigan because Chip, um, you, you were just talking to me before a little bit about Swannigan and watching his production in the summer league. He looks pretty good. Yeah, he's playing. Yeah, he's looked one of the better players. Yeah, everybody's the buzz in the summer league is obvious and rightfully so mm-hmm. has been about uh, Dennis Smith mm-hmm. and Lonzo, but. Swannigan has looked excellent, too. So I would think the only way you could get a guy like him was if you took on Evan Turner's contract. So, which, after giving $17 million to Tim Hardaway, I don't think the Knicks are going to be... And maybe maybe if they didn't have Joel Kim Noah's deal on the book, they might think about it, but they do. So... <laughs> yeah. And perhaps this is another thing that they could do if that deal is to work out. And this is not something I'm thrilled about. This is not something that I'm suggesting the Knicks should do. Um, but perhaps in a way to kind of even that out to get Turner, they can offer Courtney Lee. I rather have Courtney Lee than Evan Turner. I'm very high on Courtney right. Lee, but I'm just saying right. if that thinking negotiation sends. Things like that could could kind of come into play. Those kind of contracts, those kind of players. Yeah, Portland um, would do that. Yeah, Portland would do. Portland would do Courtney Lee for Evan Turner straight up. Yeah, mm-hmm. they do that. And, <laughs> oh yeah, absolutely. And to me, though, Kale Swanigan. I, I, again, this could be biased, but I'm very high on him. I mean, usually when it comes to the draft, there wasn't like I admitted before. It's not my strong suit, but this year's draft, I really did do my homework on a lot of these prospects and obviously you know the guys that I have talked about are Dennis Smith Jr. and I also was very high on Caleb Swanigan hoping the Knicks would be able to get one of those Portland picks to draft them because look one of the picks I had I obviously picked them so if I'm trading Carmelo Anthony I definitely would like Harkless you know a hometown kid come back um you know, his minutes last year showed improvement was a big part of uh st john's revival i i I know they're not as good as they were back in the 80s no more but for a few years they were looking pretty good got him back into the ncaa tournament he was a big part of that and caleb swanigan to me if you can get him and another first round pick and you can send camelo anthony out the door i think that's a pretty darn good trade uh, and, and you're getting a nice return from him. But I think getting Swanigan, again, might be a little too much. I think Portland's very high on him, uh, especially seeing the, the way that he's he's performed. So, you know, I think that's going to wrap up our show for today. And, again, we want to encourage our listeners to get involved. There's going to be some Twitter questions based off this podcast and we want your guys feedback we want to hear what your guys are saying so we can perhaps like mentioned before can talk about your answers on the show so when you see them go ahead and and give us your opinion share your voice it's an opportunity to be heard so um we encourage you guys to do that but we'll be back next week for another episode of nick state of mind